Okay, good morning, Chevra. Today's daf is daf membez and Maseches Nazir. As the Shem, we're starting the top of the page, Amar Mar. We're going to have two major sections of the daf today. Sorry, three. Three major sections of the daf today. The first one, we're going to analyze the Psak in the Mishnah and Nigoyim that we left off with yesterday, or we discussed yesterday, that mentioned to us that if a Nazir leaves over two hairs on his head, it's not an effective shaving at the end of his Naziris. We'll discuss that, Alacha. We'll discuss the concept of using a comb or shampoo. I think you were asking me this, Shaila, Dr. Yeah, Gross. You asked me this, Shaila. We'll discuss that in the Gemara as well as in Nazir. And then the final point we're going to discuss is multiple tumites of a Nazir, if he'll be liable for each account, etc. That's going to be the three points of today. As the Shem, uh, we'll start the top of Membez Mar Aleph, Omar Mar. Omar Mar. So. <clears throat> the Gemara tells us as follows. The Mishnah in Nigoyim that we mentioned yesterday and the day before taught us, any of those three people, remember we said three people are Mechoyev to shave, which was the Nazir, the Mitzoyra, and the Leviim in the desert when they were inaugurated into service. If any of them shaved without a razor, or in their process of shaving, they left over two hairs that were not shaved, their shaving is considered ineffective, and they have not fulfilled the mitzvah of shaving. Again, a Nazir for his chiyuv, mitzara for his chiyuv, and a Levim would not be inaugurated properly. Amr of Achabred Rav Ika. Rav Achabred Rav Ika says the following. This teaches us, means the fact that if he leaves over two hairs, let's stick with a Nazir for a second. The fact that if the Nazar leaves over two hairs at the end of his 30 days, his shaving is not considered effective, that teaches us that in a general sense, most of something constitutes that thing in its entirety. And why did, how does it teach us that? Well, what's the proof? The fact that the Torah goes out of its way, and we're going to quote Psukim over here when it talks about the Nazir who had become Tameh. So when it talks about the Nazir that became Tameh, the Pasuk emphasizes, on the seventh day he shall be shaved. Now, it emphasizes he'll be shaved twice. Why does it emphasize he'll be shaved twice? To teach us that when it comes to a Nazir who becomes Tameh, he has to, again, undergo seven days of Tahara, and he gets shaved at the end of those seven days, and then it restarts. But it emphasizes shaving twice by him to say that it's not enough to shave most of his hair. He actually has to shave off all of his hair, meaning not even leaving two hairs on his head. So what's the emphasis teaching us? By the Nazir, the Torah goes out of its way to emphasize that you're only Yoytze, the Nazir's shaving, when he shaves off all of his hair, not even leaving two hairs on his head still. But that would imply that in a general sense, that when it comes to other halachas in the Torah that need something to be accomplished, even most of that would be effective. The example that's brought down my father mentioned, is that when it comes to shechita, you're supposed to cut two pipes, trachea and esophagus. You cut most of them, it's effective. So Gemara says, beautiful raya. In general, because when the Torah goes out of its way by Nazir, actually Nazir Tameh, it's specifically talking about, he has to shave after his uh, seven days of purification. And the emphasis, it says shaving twice, the teacher has to shave entirely. So Araya, in general, you don't need to do something entirely. You could do most of it and it will be effective. Rubai Kekulai. So the Gemara says, one second. The Mishnah in Negoyim, when it said the Nazar has to shave and not leave over two hairs even, what was that talking about? That was talking about a Nazar Tahor. 
That was talking about where a Nazir undergoes his proper Naziris without any Toma, and in order to f- fulfill his Naziris, he has to shave off all of his hair. You're bringing a Raya from a Pasuk that's by the Nazir Tame, by the Nazir who becomes Tame. Pasuk says shaving twice to emphasize he has to shave off all of his hair. How can you bring a Raya from the Nazir Tame that he has to shave off all of his hair for the Nazir Tahar, which is actually what the Mesechus Negon, what the Mishnah was talking about? So Maskiflor of Yosib Rabbi Chanina, or Yosib Rabbi Chanina posed the following question against this attempted Raya. This Pasuk is talking about Nazar Tomei. So how can you bring a Raya from here to the Psak of the Mishnah in Nigayim that even a Nazar Tor has to have that Chumrah of shaving off all the hair of his head? So In Eretz Yisrael, they mocked this question. They said, this is not a good question. Because Mechti, let's analyze this. Nazar Tomei, the Betar Minalav. How do we know that a Nazar Tomei has to use a razor? Meaning, it doesn't say in the Pasuk Mefurash that when a Nazar becomes Tame Midway and he goes, undergoes his Tahara process, that after seven days, he has to shave using a razor. How do you know that? Gemara says, Mi Nazar Tahar Yalif. The way we know it is because Nazar Tahar, we know, at the end of his regular Naziros period, he does have to use a razor to shave. We learned this when it says, Tahar Liyavra Rosh, we had two ways of understanding, but Lemaise applies to the end of his Naziros period. Gemara says this, if you only know that Nazir Tame shaves using a razor from Nazir Tahar, from cross-application, so Lacey Nazir Tahar, Lelef Me Nazir Tame, you could cross-apply the other way as well. And you could say, just as Nazir Tame, Ma Tame, just as a Nazir Tame, Kishir stays Cyrus, when he leaves over two heirs, Veloi Klom Avad, if he does that, he will not have an effective shaving. So too, Achanami, Kishir stays Cyrus, Veloi Klom Avad. By a Nazir Tahar also, which is the Mishnah in Negoim, what it was discussing, if he leaves over over two hairs, doesn't shave off his hair entirely, he has not effectively fulfilled his Naziros, and it wouldn't be Yoytzev Haglachas. Beautiful. So we have a Raya. Moore is now going to pose two questions in regarding, the, regarding this concept of two hairs being left over, negating the shaving. So Baye Abaye. Baye posed the following question. Nazar Shegilach Veshir Shte Cyrus. Okay, let's say you have a situation, Nazar counts 30 days, the end of his 30 days. He shaves off all of his hair and he leaves over two hairs. I just want to point out, that's very particular. Meaning, to be, to be able to leave over just two hairs, takes that takes talent. Two hairs is a... But we could be two that's hairs or more. Action. It means two hairs that's or more. I mean, it could be five hair. hair. It could be five, not one hair. If he leaves over one hair, it's yaitza. It only leaves over two hairs, it's a problem. So he leaves over two hairs or more. So it could be five hairs, like ten hairs too. He leaves over a certain amount of hairs that would negate the shaving. So that means he wasn't yaitza the shaving. Now, he wasn't yet to the shaving, but he doesn't re- realize or he doesn't take care of it until he wakes another week, let's say. And then within that week, during that week, hair grows back, and then a week later, he already has more hair on his head, and he goes back and shaves the original two hairs that he left behind. But he doesn't, but he doesn't shave the rest of his head. So now the Shaila Abai posed was Maha. What's the halacha? Mima'akvi oiloi. Would those two hairs that he now has shaved, but the rest of his head now has hair on it, be ma'akiv? Would that prevent him from being yaitz taglachas or not? So the two, yeah. So what's the shaila? Shaila is is that do we look at the two hairs? 
That's all that he needed to shave following his initial shaving. So when he shaves those two hairs, he's yoytze taglachas of nazirus, and there's no problem. Or do we say, lemaisa, at the time that he shaved those two hairs, there was other hairs on his head, he didn't do a proper taglachas. So therefore the first taglachas is not effective, the second shaving is also not effective, and since both of them are ineffective, he was not yoytze the mitzvah of taglachas. Isn't he the Yes. No, no, I mean under the shlamim, yeah. He can't do anything with it. He burnt the original ones. Yeah. Throw it in the garbage. Flush them toilet. I don't know. I mean, it's Qadr, so maybe not. Yeah, the guy, the guy is a shlamaz a little bit. Yeah. He wasn't paying attention in Dafyaimi. That's the problem, you know? All right, so that, that, that's, that's the first question that Bayi poses. He leaves two hairs, hair grows back, he wants to cut those two hairs off. Is that yaitse or is that not effective? Boy, Rav, Rav poses a similar, a different question on the same topic, though. Right? That, that first question is not resolved. Rav poses another question. Nazir Shigilach, a Nazir that uh, cuts his hairs, so he, he shaves at the end of 30 days. Cyrus. Okay, so same, same situation. He leaves over two hairs at the end of the 30 days. It could be two plus, but it means just two minimum. Then he comes afterwards and he says, you know what, I'm going to do the mitzvah properly. He's, this is really literally splitting hairs. I wanted to say that today. <laughs> he shaves one of the two a week later, whatever, two days later. And then one of them falls out. Now this is a very strange situation. He shaved off his, all of his head, besides two hairs. Now, in order to be yaitzet, you cannot leave two hairs on your head. He comes back a day later, let's say. So it hasn't grown back yet, but a day later. He cuts one of the two hairs. Okay. The problem is the other one falls out. Now you could argue... At the same time? Yeah, the same time, let's say. Right, right afterwards, the second one falls out. You could argue, in order to be yaitzet ataglachas, you need to shave two hairs. So therefore, even though he shaved... One hair, when there were two hairs, he did not shave two hairs. So maybe he's not yaitzeh, even though he doesn't have any hair in his head right now. So ma'u, what's the halacha? So I'm with the Rav Achim to the Ravina. Rav Achim said to Ravina, I don't even hear the shayla. What kind of a shayla is this? Because I'll tell you, gilach saira saira kamiboyle l'rava, if he shaved one hair at a time, is that a question to rava? Meaning, l'maysa, when he came to shave off the remaining two, there, were, there was a shear of proper shaving of two hairs. The fact that one fell out after, that should not negate the fact that he shaved the first one, and then it should be an effective shaving. The way he poses the point is that he says is, if a Nazir would go at the end of 30 days and shave one hair at a time, he would be yaitze. So it would be the same thing here. The fact that he came and shaved when there was a shear, two hairs, even though one fell out after, that's for sure going to be yaitze. Ella, so rather, if Rava was going to say a shayla, Ema, this is what Rava would have said as a shayla. Nashra achas vigilach achas mahu. The opposite. Where he came to shave the two hairs at the end, one fell out, and then he shaved the second, which is the last hair. So what would be the halacha in that case? Because now, when he's shaving the second, when he's starting that, he doesn't have a shear of shaving anymore. There's no two hairs left. So is this an effective shaving? Or do we say no? Since there wasn't an effective shear at the time that he shaved that last hair, it shouldn't be yaitze. Amar so Ravina responded, Change the gears a little bit here. Seyar einkan, giluach einkan. Flip the words. Since there's no hair, there's also no shaving. Meaning he said, yeah, enachinami. Since when he shaved the second, the last hair, the first one had fallen out already, that's not a shear of shaving. That's not the proper measure. That's an effective shaving. And therefore he would not be yoitzes taglachats in this case. 
So the Gemara says one second, what does that mean? Just in terms of the, the way he phrased it is difficult. If there's no hair here, meaning one hair has already fallen out, so he is a, has done an effective shaving. What do you mean to say if there's no hair, then there's no shaving? So the Gemara says is, this is what Rav, Ravina meant to say, even though there's no effective measure of uh, shaving over here, because one hair has already fallen out, but the mitzvah of shaving he has not performed, which means he was not yoyed to the mitzvah, and therefore you probably have to recount, have to do this again, because he was not yoyed to the proper mitzvah. The first shaving was ineffective, and the second shaving was also ineffective, because he didn't have the proper measure of hairs at that time. Okay, new topic. So if he, if he does this, yeah. let's say, uh, and now it's no good, he has to but he did the, he has to do the taklachas. Again. Uh, wait a second. When, when a regular zirist, you have to do the taklachas, you have to bring the carbon. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Is there an order? Well, generally, I think they would cut their hair first. Okay. So yeah. let's say he cut, that's yeah. it. Now he says the taklachas is no good. Do you still have to bring the carbon? He brought his carbon. Oh, he brought his carbonus already. No, I'm saying he didn't. He brought his carbonus already. He brought his carbonus already. Because if he didn't bring his kavanah, no, no, he did. He did. No he did bring his kavanah. Right? Yeah. I think that might be contingent on a machloekis tamnoim that we had. If sagrachas is ma'akev, if he holds it's ma'akev, so then perhaps it would be a problem. Yeah. Lachayra. The thing is, he already brought his kavanah. I'm not sure. It's a good question because he, he might see brought his kavanah and they were brought properly. So I don't know. It's a good shot. I'm not sure. What did he say? What if the guy is bald, completely bald to begin with? Sorry, has no problem. He has no problem. He doesn't have hair. Right. Like, his so hair's cut. It's just right. not there. He, he doesn't. Let's move on to the second topic. Yeah. New topic. Okay. Now yeah. we're going to talk about combing, shampooing. Yeah. Right? Uh, Replenimus was asking this as a Shaila a couple of days ago. But this, yeah. this is going to be the Gemara discusses now. Says the Mishnah. Now we, we know, just as a general rule, before we start, we know there's a general machlekes in Shas. This comes up by Hilchas Shabbos a lot. Davar she'en miskaven. Mutter or Usr? It's Machlekes Tanoim, Rabbi Shimon or Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Shimon says, Davar She'enu Miskavin is Mutter, which means if you're, let's just take a, a Malacha on Shabbos, you perform some sort of an act, you're not intending to do a Malacha, but a Malacha occurs. So Rabbi Shimon holds that's permitted, you're allowed. Rabbi Yehuda says, Davar She'enu Miskavin is Usr, and that's not allowed. So, by cross-application, you could see how this is going to relate to a Nazir in terms of shampooing, combing his hair, because perhaps if it Will result in hair being pulled out. Right? That's where it's davish enemiskavin. If it's davish enemiskavin, though, meaning that the intent is that to do a malach, of course, that's going to be us or even according to Rabbi Shimon. So let's see this inside now. Says the Mishnah, two Mishnayos discussing this halacha. Nazir if a nazir is allowed to shampoo his hair, they used to use sorts of um, earth for shampooing. Very interesting. They use earth and uh, other types of uh, substances for cleaning. What's that? That's, that's right, that's right. The, the charcoal, you know, the, 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 brushing their teeth with charcoal, I don't get it. But anyways, I don't know what you say about that uh, as a dentist. Well, I, don't I, know, the, do I don't know why would you, <laughs> I don't know why would you do that. As long as you brush. Nazar can shampoo his hair. No, no, it's, not, it's, it's, it's not the, the object, it's the brushing. I hear, I hear, I hear, I hear that. Omifasve. I hear. face, and he can also comb his hair with his hand. Now, L'chayra, the reason he's allowed to do those two is because in doing that, you will not naturally pull out hair. That's the seeming assumption. But you're not allowed to comb your hair with a comb. Seemingly, again, because that would naturally pull out hair. So therefore, that would be problematic. 
So right away the Gemara says, one second, face money. who would be the author of the first part of the Mishnah that says you can shampoo and comb your hair with your hand? Rabbi Shimon, that's Rabbi Shimon. Because Rabbi Shimon says, when you do a malacha or some sort of an action without intent to perform that malacha, means that's not the inevitable result, so it's mutter. And even if something happens, it happens. But that's not the natural result, so it would be mutter. The problem is the seifa of the Mishnah, when it says you cannot comb your hair with a comb, that's like the Rabbanan, or a Yehuda, who say, because we're assuming at this point, again, you're not intending to do a Isser Nazir, you're not intending to pull hair out, and if that's true, it seems like a contradiction. Is the Reisha of the Mishnah, Rabbi Shimon, and the seifa is like the Rabbanan, like Rabbi Yehuda? So Rabbi, Rabbi explains, Rabbi Shimon. the whole Mishnah could be like Rabbi Shimon, is mutter. and since Davr is mutter. If he's shampooing his hair, he's, he's moving his hair with his hands, he's comb- combing with his hands, not a problem because there's no intent to remove hairs there. Hold on. But the seifa of the Mishnah, when he uses a comb, what is the purpose of using a comb? What's the intention? He's intending to remove the loose hairs, or the hairs that are not very strongly connected, those hairs that are erratic in his head. So therefore, since his intention is to do malacha, Rabbi Shimon would concede over there, not malacha, I mean, to do iser nazir, Rabbi Shimon would concede that that would be problematic. Now, some Rishonim alone, like I just said, which is actually, it's a Dover Miskavein, because since that is what you use a comb for, Rabbi Shimon can see that's problematic. He's the author of our Mishnah. Others learn, like Rabbi Kleinim has just said, is that he's not intending to remove those hairs, but it's called Psik Resha. That's the, like in Shabbos, we call it, you remove the chicken's head to make a a plaything for the kid, it's going to kill the chicken. So it's the automatic result of it. When you comb, you might not be intending to remove hair, but that's Pesach Reish. Rabbi Shimon concedes where the automatic result is, the inevitable result is, to do Malacha or to do Isser Nazir, that would also be problematic. Next Mishnah, Rishma Alayim, Rabbi Shimon says, he argues in the Tanakhat in the first Mishnah, He's not allowed to wash his hair with with uh, earth, because it causes the hair to fall out. Now, Rabbi, Shim, Rabbi Shmuel essentially concedes, like Rabbi Shimon, he says, He just says that in the case of washing hair also, that will also cause hair to fall out. So that's not anymore. Now, the Gemara just poses a question. There apparently were two girsos of what Rabbi Yishmael said. Yeah, but he said, He's not allowed. That's why he, he agrees. He agrees essentially to Rabbi Shimon. Davar Shein is mutter. He just says in shampooing, it's not Davar Shein because that's something that will inevitably cause hair to fall out. Iboilu, right? So that depends on which which way you just in exactly. Iboilu. The Gemara says, I have a question in the words of Rabbi Yishmael. What did Rabbi Yishmael say? Did he say, meaning Rabbi Yishmael said, the reason you cannot use shampoo as a nazir is because it will cause the hairs to come out. Or did Rabbi Yishmael say, you can't use shampoo because of those shampoos that cause the hair to come out. Now what's the difference? If you have a shampoo that you know it's a soft shampoo, it's like a soft brush on Shabbos, by the way. Exactly. It's not naturally going to cause the hairs to come out. Iamrit, if you say like the first version, that Rabbi Yishmael is saying unequivocally, 
the excuse me, Rabbi Shmuel is saying conditionally is the reason you can't use shampoo that's uh, earth is because it causes the hairs to come out. So If you know that there is a shampoo, it's a soft earth, and it will not cause the hairs to come out. Shapir. So then there's no problem. You should be allowed to use that as a nasir. But if the girsin our mission is. You can't use shampoo at all because there are shampoos that will cause the hair to come out. That's a gezerah. That's a loy plug. Then the Rabbanan are saying, across the board, Nazar shouldn't use it, even if there is a soft shampoo which not cause it, because you might end up using one that will cause it to fall out. So then, klal klal loy. As a general rule, Bishma will be arguing and saying you can't use shampoo at all. And the Gemara says, teku, we will leave this unresolved. Okay, let's go on to the third point of the day now. We learned this early. We mentioned this before. But let's just go over the point. We know there's three Yisurim and Nazar is not allowed to, bend, to uh, become involved with, which is great products, shaving his hair, Tomas Mace. We also know that when it comes to general Yisurim in the Torah, you're only going to be high of Malchus if you received Hasra. But the Hasra has to be Toch Kedei Dibor, to the Maisa. Why does it have to be within Shalom Alecha Rebbe, within that time frame of the Maisa Isra Avera? Because if it's not, the Oiver, the one who did the Avera, can claim, I forgot. Right? And then I was a shaygega, fine. So now, generally, if someone's about to do an Avera, you could, he could be warned by witness, which is, by the way, why it's very difficult to actually put someone to death in court. It's very, it's a very difficult thing. Is you have to warn him, and then within a very, very short time, he exactly, it's very difficult. So that's why, based on Kaplanis, I mean, that's, that's also fine. Anyways, either way. The point is, for him to be chayav alaf, he needs to be warned. So the Mishnah here is going to tell us that depending on how the warnings were laid out, he could be chayev one time or multiple times. We actually quoted this Mishnah earlier in the Masechta. So let's see. Zakta Gemara. Zakta Mishnah. Nazir If a Nazir was drinking wine all day, right? so it's, it's transgressions, multiple transgressions, but he was only warned one time in the beginning. So it's only for the Isser that followed the immediate warning, meaning immediately after the warning, is only liable one time. He drank uh, 15 cups of wine. It doesn't make a difference. He was only warned before the first. He's only liable one time. However, if the witnesses said to him in between each drinking, don't drink, don't drink, and nonetheless he drank, as we learned, Rash explains that you're chayav on each one because that there's a hasra next to each ma'isa is so you're chayav for each one. Similarly, he was cutting his hair all day, which we learned earlier. In order to be chayav for that, you only have to cut one hair, and we learned that. So this guy's very creative. He cuts one hair, right? So again, he'll only be chayav one time because he only had warning before the first action of cutting and therefore he's only liable one time. If they tell him, don't shave, don't shave, and he shaves in between each warning, right? seemingly the same, the same as the ratio. Fine. And finally, how many malchus can he take? It depends on the person. Well, can you give more than one Malkus? One set? Day? Sure. Yeah? Sure, sure. If he can take it. If he can take it. If he can take it. That's a Gemara in Malkus. Uh, the end of Malkus, the Gemara discusses the... I don't remember. I don't remember because... Uh, I don't remember exactly. That's a Gemara at the end of Malkus. talks about... I don't remember if it's... You give you give him as many as he can and then he's just exempt altogether. Or if you push it off and give him at the end. I don't remember which one it is. Yeah. Final point I'm of the Mishnah. consecutive. Yeah. Well, because that would be pretty severe if, if you know, if you just, yeah. But they wouldn't kill him, that's the point. Right. They wouldn't kill him. Yeah. Intentionally. Yeah. Yeah. They, they used to mock us in the U.S. Navy because they were banned by Admiral Levy in the 1800s. He banned lashing in the Navy. The Jewish guy. They, they still do it in Iran and these yeah. places. No, I'm saying Singapore. the Navy, one of the Marshmans, they lashed him. Yeah. Jewish, a Jewish
Let's go weiter. V'chein, similarly, uh, sorry, similarly, final point to the Mishnah, if the person was becoming Tamimais all day, he was only worn one time, he's only Chayav one set of Malchus. However, if the witnesses warned him in between the actions of Tomas Meis, don't become Tomei, don't become Tomei, and he was becoming Tomei, he'll be liable for each infraction because there's Hasros that separate the two. Before we see the next Gemara, turn to Membez Mebez, I want to read to you two psukim. This is going to be important for the next Gemara. We're going to discuss in this Gemara, Machlech is Rabban Rav Yosef interpreting Rav Huna if a Nazar can be chayev multiple sets of Malkus for multiple infractions of Malkus. I mean, our Mishnah seemed to say you could be as long as there's multiple Asros. We'll get back to that. But the, the, the important point for this next sugya is if you look in the Pasuk, there's two different Isurim mentioned about Tuma in regards to the Nazar. It's uh, in Perik Vav, in Parshas Nasa. So if you look, it says like this. Pasuk Vav says, Kol yamei hazir l'Hashem, as long as he's a Nazir for Hashem, al nefesh meis l'yavai. On a dead body, l'yavai. Now what does l'yavai mean? He cannot come in contact with, but it doesn't mean touching, it's referring to Tomas Oihel. So he's not allowed to have a Isser of Tomas Oihel in regards to a dead body. And then the very next Pasuk Zion says, he's like a Kayan Gadol, he's like a Kayan, a Kayan Gadol. He's not allowed to become Tamei to his immediate relatives. Like a Kayan Gadol, he's very restricted. So he's not allowed to become Tamei. He's not allowed to become Tamei to them. So it's a second mention of Toma. And the way Rab is going to interpret that is that there's two different types of Toma we're discussing here. Is any form of Tuma. We know Tomas Mace can be conveyed in three ways. There's Maga, touching, Masa, carrying even without touching, and Tomas Ohel, Ohel Mace. So the way Rabba is going to interpret Ravuna's opinion is that there's only one way you could be Chayef, two sets of Malchus for Tuma, is where he's Oiver Layitama, which means he becomes Tame first, and then he's also Oiver Layavai, which means then he goes into Tomas Ohel, Ohel Mace. That's when he would be liable twice. But if it was just two mices of Tuma without the second one being Oyala Mace, he would not be liable twice. That's how Rab is going to interpret Rafuna's opinion. Rav Yosef's going to disagree. Let's see this inside now. Itmar, it was stated. Omar Rabba, Omar Rafuna. Rabba says in the name of Rafuna, Mikra Mali Dibra Kasub. The Torah says in a very general form, La Yitama. It's the second Pasuk I just quoted. That a, a Nazar is not allowed to become Tame, which refers to all types of Toma, Maga, Masa, and Tomas Oihel. Keshehu Aimer Layavai, but when the Pasuk right before had said Layavai, which specifically refers to Tomas Oihel, Lahaziroi ala Toma, and Lahaziroi ala Bia. So it's warning him doubly that he's not allowed to become Tame in a general sense, and he's also specifically not allowed to become Tame in regards to Tomas Oihel. And therefore, if he did become Tame in any way, Maga, Masa, or Oihel, in any way, he'd be Chayav Malchus for that. If he then went and became Tame a second time, after the first time, specifically with Tomas Oihel, he'll be liable to sets of Malchus. That's, that's Rabba's opinion, of, in, in the opinion of Rav Huna. Avot Tuma v'tuma loy. But if it was just two situations of general Tuma, not with Oihel being the second Toma, he would not be liable two sets of Malchus, and the reason seems to be at this point, we'll have to explain Rabbah tomorrow really, but the reason seems to be at this point is because you cannot give him more Malchus if he's already Tameh. 
So the Torah has to go out of its way to say there's a second Isser that he's being over on, which is Tumas Oihel that follows the general Tumah that can actually make him Chayef Malkus. But if he's already Tameh, you will not give him Malkus for becoming Tameh in a general sense again. This is how Rabbah interprets Ravuna's opinion. It's going to be discussed. We're not going to discuss it today. We'll discuss it tomorrow. Today we're going to actually discuss the next opinion. But you got two Asuras for that. So for, let's 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 hold off on that for a minute. It means it, according to this, you'll have to say the pshat in our Mishnah, right. where you could be chayev multiple times, is where there was a general tuma, and then there was tumas oil to follow. Right. But Rav, Rabba's opinion is not very and clear. Hasra for each. Uh, l'chayra, you'd have to I say mean, that yeah. again. L'chayra, yeah, it'd have to be the first one is hasra of yitama, and the second one is hasra of layava. You'd have to say that. Yeah. We'll discuss that more tomorrow. But for Rav Yosef, from Rav Yosef's chaylek, Rav Yosef says that's not the pshat in Rav Huna. Halakim, when Halakim is a strong language, language Shvua. I swear by Hashem, very confident in his opinion. Amar Ravuna, that Ravuna said differently. Meaning Ravuna, Rabbi Yosef says, no, I know. Ravuna even said that if there's general Toma and then general Toma, a Nazir will also be liable twice. The Amar Ravuna, because Ravuna says very clearly, and this is Rabbi Yosef's opinion, Nazir Forest. If you had a Nazir who was standing in the Beisak Forest, now that's just an example, but what it means to say is, he's already Tomei. Meaning, if you're in a Beis forest, Mistama, you touched a dead body, you were Mahil, you were a, a Tumas oil over a dead body, you contracted Tum already. And then, Rav Huna said, and they stretched out in front of him his immediate relative, which means that, uh, yeah, which means they brought a dead relative of his to the Beis forest, Umes Acher, or a different person that passed away, Vinagabai, and he touched that dead body, Chayef. Ravuna says very clearly, you'll be chayef. Now that's not talking about where Tomas oil followed a general Toma. Those are just two sets of Toma, two different types of Toma, general Tomas. And Ravuna says, you're chayef. Amai, why would you be chayef in this case? Hametam it was already contaminated. And according to you, Rabbah, the way you're interpreting Ravuna, where you're contaminated, you can't become chayef malchus again, in a general sense. Elalav, so Rav Yosef concludes, Shma mina, am Ravuna afilu Toma The Ravuna must hold, even with two consecutive Tomas, with warnings in between, yes, it would be he would be liable to Malkos even if it wasn't Oihel specifically following the first Tuma. General Tuma, you make him liable to Malkos. Beautiful. Now, Abai is going to pose a question against Rav Yosef's opinion from a Bryce that discusses Koyen. It's actually a Koyen Gadol. There, there's a, a strong connection between Kehuna and Nazir because actually we learned through Gzer Shava halachas back and forth in regards to Tuma. Because there are similar halachas that exist by the two of them. So Abai posed the question against Rav Yosef. If you have a koyin, it's a koyin gadol actually, that had a dead body lying on his shoulder, which means he's actually in direct contact currently with a dead body. Right, but, he's, but the point is, he's, it's not like he was tummy at a prior point. He is currently tummy. And then they brought in front of him his immediate relative who had passed away, or some other dead person, which and a kohen gadol is prohibited from even an immediate relative. He doesn't have any heter. Vinagabai, and he touched that other dead body. Yachal Yehechayev says the Brisa, you might think he should be liable a second set of Malkus for the second Toma. Talmud Loimer, therefore the Pasuk says, now change the Girsa here. In Emor it says, Lehechalai. It says, in regards to the Koyen, he's not allowed to become Tame Lehechalai to desecrate himself, to ruin his Kedusha. So by saying Lehechalai, what does it teach us? Is if the Toma will desecrate himself, so then he'll be liable Malkus, he'll be Chayev on the Lav. 
But in this case, he's already tummy, it's not going to desecrate himself. So therefore, the Misha Enoi Mechulo, it will only be Chayef Malkus, will be over on the lav as a Koyen or Koyen Godol if he's not already desecrated, he's not already contaminated. Yatzazeh, but that would exclude this one, Shehu Mechulo Va'oymed, who's already contaminated, therefore touching the second dead body will not desecrate him, make him Chayef Malkus. So says Avaita, Rav Yosef, Avaita is Rabbi Rav Yosef. You see clearly from this Brisa, by Koyen Gadol, a second Maisev Toma does not make him liable, a second set of Malkus. So how can you say that Ravuna holds a second Maisev Toma, two, two sets of Toma, will make you chayev two sets of Malkus? So Rav Yosef turns back to Abai and he says, why are you asking a question on me? You have to question on our Mishnah. We started off the, just before the sugi started off. Our Mishnah says you'll be high of multiple sets of Malkus. So really, it's a contradiction between a Mishnah and a Brisa. It's not a contradiction between a Brisa and me. Omar Leiser of Yosef back to Abaye. The text of the Chamas Nisan. You should ask from our Mishnah itself. The Tanan, because in our Mishnah it taught. If the person was becoming tummy mace all day and he only had one warning, you're only liable one time. Omar Leib, but if they said to him, there was multiple warnings between the actions of Tuma. So the Mishnah states clearly you could be liable for many mices of Tuma, many actions of Tuma, if there's a proper warning in between. He already he was Tameh when he became Tameh the second time. And yet the Mishnah Paskins, that he'll be high of a second set of Malkus as well. So really, Elikash Yadadi, really it's a steer, it's a contradiction between a Mishnah and a Brisa, not between a Brisa and myself. So now Rav Yosef is going to come and resolve, well, what is the resolution, the answer between this Mishnah and the Brisa? Again, the case of the Brisa was a coin was holding, a coin Godel, was holding a dead body and he touched another dead body. We said he's not liable for touching the second dead body because he was already contaminated. However, in the Mishnah we said, if the Nazir touches a dead body or is involved with the dead and then he touches another dead body, he is liable multiple times, as long as there was multiple warnings. So it seems to be a stira between the Mishnah and the Brisa. So if Yosef's going to answer the stira with the, the concept of chiburin, very interesting concept. The Allah is as follows. <clears throat> if a person touches a dead body, so he becomes tummy mace, meaning he's on level of tumas mace, for seven days, which means seven days he has to undergo tahara, paraduma waters, all of that. Now what if at the time that I'm touching a dead body, I touch somebody else? Okay? Chiburin. So now, if I'm touching the dead body and I touch someone else, the halacha is the other person I touch also becomes tame for seven days. However, if I let go of the dead body and then I touch someone else, my capacity to convey tuma is lowered. So I touch someone else, he becomes tummy for one day, and then he's tar the next day, on a dairaisa level. That's what, so now, based on that, Rav Yosef is going to say as follows. The idea of lahei is that you're only going to be liable a second time if you increase your level of contamination with a second level of tumah. So he's going to say it like this. The, is, the fact that I can convey tumah of seven days if I'm touching the body at the moment I'm touching somebody else, but I only convey tumah of one day when I let go of it shows that letting go and touching it again raises my state of tumah to a higher level. So he's going to say it like this. The case of the brisa, you're not liable for the second tumah. The time that you touch the second body, you were still touching the first body. You're not raising your level of tumah anymore by touching the second body because you always were able to convey the same level of tumah and therefore the level of tumah in you was always the same. Lehei means you're only chayev where you accept tumah or you, you become tummy in a way that's more than you are currently. You're not. So therefore you're only liable one time. 
The case of the Mishnah, however, was he became Tame, he let go of it, he became Tame again. In that case, the second Misa of Tumah raises you from only being able to contaminate someone else to a one-day Tumah, again to a seven-day Tumah. Therefore, you'll be liable for each action independently. Let's read that inside. So if Yosef says, Lekashya, Kan Bechiburin, this Brisa, it says you're only liable one set of Malchus is when Chiburin, is when he was holding, it's literally the case of the Brisa, he was holding a dead body and he touched another person, uh, another uh, another mace. So therefore, he didn't raise his level of Tumah, and therefore you'll only be liable one time. Kan but the Mish is talking about, he touched a dead body, he let go. He touched the dead body again. Now he's raising it from what it was when he let go to only being able to convey a one-day Tumah to someone else to a seven-day Tumah again while he's touching it. That's already raising his level of Tumah, and therefore he'll be liable to a second love for becoming Tameh. Beautiful Teretz. Asks the Gemara, But the way you're learning, Rav Yosef, is that it's considered raising his level of Tumah based on the fact that now he can convey seven-day Tumah to another person. But that means you're assuming then that Tumah Bechiburin, that if he's touching a dead body and he touches someone else, the capacity to transfer a seven-day Tumah to the other person is a Da'iraisa. And therefore you could say that implies that's also a higher level Tumah for himself. Is it really Da'iraisa, Rav Yosef? But it was said in the name of Rav Yanai, that they only said, it was Chazal, only said that somebody becomes tame for a full seven days in regards to Truman Kudshin, which means if somebody's touching a dead body and then he touches another individual, a second person, that second person, while he's touching the dead body, will become tame that he cannot eat Truman Kudshin for seven days. But the, but the conclusion of Rav Yana's words are, Avalinazir, but in regards to a Nazir who touches someone who's touching a dead body, Pesach, as well as somebody that has to perform the Korban Pesach, Loi, we wouldn't say that, says Rav Yanai. And how does that, how does that work? So the Mepharshim speak out, what that means is, it's true. If somebody touches someone who's touching a dead body, for Truman Kachim, there's no severity there if he holds off. And therefore, on a rabbinic level, they said, you're not allowed to eat Truman Kachim for seven days, even if you're a Kayan. It doesn't make a difference. However, when it comes to Nazir, what's going to happen if the Nazir is the second person in this case, touching the person who's touching the dead body, he'll become Tameh for seven days, but he will not he won't forfeit the original days like Tumah Dairaisa would do, and he also wouldn't bring Karbanas at the end of it. Why wouldn't he bring Karbanas at the end of his Tumah? Usually Nazir Tameh does. The answer is because that's a problem of Chulun Bazara. On a Dairaisa level, he's not considered Tameh, and if on a Dairaisa level he's not considered Tameh, the Karbanas that he would bring would be unconsecrated. You can't bring unconsecrated animals in the base on Mekdash. And in terms of Karban Pesach, when you don't bring Karban Pesach, that's an Isrkaris. So therefore the Gemara says is, Rav Yana said, since it's only a rabbinically enacted Tumah, he could bring Karban Pesach if he became Tameh like this in Erev Pesach, wait one day, and then bring the Karban Pesach. So the Gemara says very clearly, this is only a rabbinically transmitted Tumah. So how can you say, based on the fact that it conveys seven days versus one day through the connection, it raises his level of Yosef, and the Pshad and the Mishnah will be liable multiple times. L'chor, it's only rabbinic if there's a distinction. Continues the Gemara, the Gemara's question, and if you say that the Chibur in the connection actually conveys Tumah on a Dairaisa level, what's the distinction between Truma Kadshim versus Nazir and Pesach? It should be all the same if it conveys seven-day Tumah on a Dairaisa level. So the Gemara answer is not a problem. Kan bechibure adam adam. The case of Rav Yanai is where a person is connected to a person who's connected to the dead body. Now what does that mean? Reuven's touching the dead body. Shimon is touching Reuven. Levi's touching Shimon. 
In that case where there's a third party involved, the third party, that's not Dairaisa. The capacity to transfer is only rabbinic, and this is only rabbinic, so they're able to be lenient in a situation. <coughs> so, yeah, so let's, let's hold off and just finish. Let me just finish the point. So therefore, what will come out is the third person is not high, is not tummy on a Dairaisa level in this case. The Chiburin is only rabbinically, and therefore we distinguish between Nazir and Pesach, which are more and important, and Truma and Kachim. No, he has to wait seven days. Even though he's over. Yeah, yeah. And Khan, when Rav Yosef said, Pshat in the Mishnah, that the Pshat is, it's talking about where it's Chiburin, and it does convey Dairaisa Tuma, the Chibure Adam Bemeis, that's where somebody is directly touching someone who's touching a dead body, which means he's a second party. And this is a second party that actually would convey a seven-day Tuma on a Dairaisa level, and that would cause the person who's touching the person who's touching the dead body to become tummy for seven days, and that's why in the Mishnah you're multiple Chayav, uh, multiple Lavin, because you raised your level by touching the dead body again, from only being able to convey a one level, one day tumah to a seven day tumah again. Now we're going to stop here. We just resolved Rav Yosef's shita. Tomorrow, Bezos Hashem will also go back and explain Rabba's opinion in Rav Huna. Bezos Hashem, we're stopping the bottom and base mid base.